Hey Pioneers, and welcome to episode number 293. Today's episode is bringing back the popular series where I am doing a personal consult with a member of the Pioneering Today Academy. And this one is really one that I think you're going to enjoy because we start to break down how to manage your time when you want to learn all of the things. So no matter where you're at in your homesteading journey, there is always some type of new skill set that you are eager to learn or you're eager to try, or you may even be just trying to keep up with all the things that you want to do on your homestead already. So I break down the tips that I use in order to get everything done, both from the business standpoint of running the academy and my courses and the website and this podcast, all of those things plus the actual homesteading lifestyle where we're raising a good portion of our food, doing sourdough, making things from scratch, preserving our food, all the things that come with self-sufficiency. And then, of course, now um, having my children at home. So they have school at home, being a wife, you know, all the fun household things like making sure everybody is fed, clothed and some semblance of order and house cleaning alongside with it and personal care. So making sure that I am exercising, working out, doing all of those different things can be a juggling act, even just spelling it all out or literally listing it all out for you right now. I'm like, man, that is a lot. So how to get those things done. And then what I really think you'll enjoy about this episode is if you have ever wondered or maybe had dreams or a goal of making money from your homestead or doing some type of homesteading business. And actually, the tips and the things that I share, it may not even be a homesteading related business per se, but other things that you're looking at of running a business on your own or bringing in some type of side income. Though in this consult specifically, it is revolving around homesteading skills. So If you are new to the podcast or new to this series, this is where members of the Pioneering Today Academy, which is my online membership, have the opportunity for, I guess you'd kind of call it a hot seat in a way, but they come on the podcast. They get personal um, consult time with me with an issue that they're dealing with or they want to have more questions answered or some help with. And you get to listen in and get the benefit if they are questions that you have too. So, so far, this new series that we've been doing on the podcast has really been a big hit. So I would love your feedback. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode today with Tracy. If you are interested in becoming a member of the Pioneering Today Academy and also doing one of these, you can go to melissaknorris.com forward slash PTA for Pioneering Today Academy. And either get on the wait list if we're not open for new members, and then you'll be emailed as soon as we are. Or if we're open, you'll be able to join right then and there. So without further ado, let's go straight to today's episode. Well, I am so excited to get to chat with you today and have you on the podcast. So Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So Tracy and I have actually known each other for at least a couple of years now. I was trying to remember back and I'm like, we've known each other for quite a while. Obviously, just getting to meet virtually is is how we got connected. But I feel like we've been friends for a couple of years now. And it's been 
really fun to watch your guys' homestead evolve and as you've gotten to do more things on your guys' place. You guys have really been working on that. But for those who don't have the privilege of knowing you like I do and getting to see what you guys are doing, uh, just kind of give everybody just a little bit of a, a brief of, you know, where where your homestead journey is at and and your guys' place. Okay. So we started, I guess, probably about six years ago. And we lived in town. We lived in a subdivision in town. And my husband and I had always wanted to be in the country. He had had property previously, and we had sold that um, when we had kids. And But we always kind of wanted to get back uh, to the country. So we bought this property that we're on now. We have about 40 acres here, and we're in southern Illinois. And so we bought the property. It had a little tiny house already on the property. So for the first month that we were here, we actually lived in our RV (laughs) because when we bought the property, we had not even seen the inside of the house. Basically, the house was not, there wasn't any value attributed to the house at all. So we kind of bought the house sight unseen. So we lived in the RV for about a month, just getting the house, you know, clean and livable. And then we lived in that um, while we built um, our home. And so during that time, it was kind of crazy because we didn't have actually a bedroom for the kids even. They had to sleep in the living room and we had a couch and we had a twin size mattress that we'd throw on the floor at night (laughs) for the kids to sleep on. And all we had for heat was like a little gas wall unit. So we started building our house. We built a majority of the house ourselves and then we've paid for it as, as we've gone along. It's still not finished. (laughs) Even, you know, we've been here for six years. We're in the house and it's mostly complete, but there's a lot of finished work, flooring and things like that, that we're still working on as we go. But we wanted to do this debt free and pay as we go. And um, so we've done that. And as we've worked on the house, we've also added um, to the homestead. Um, We have chickens and bees and the garden. Um, I just got two Nubian goats last year. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, they haven't been bred yet. So I'm looking forward to in the process of looking for a buck right now so that I can breed them and have babies and milk and all that good stuff. So it's just been a long journey. And actually you have been with us for pretty much all of that journey. I can remember my husband coming home from work. We were still in that little house and I was just starting to learn, you know, about all the homesteading stuff. And he said, oh, you have to check out this lady's website. I think you'll really like her. Oh, well, <laughs> props so, love you there. Yeah, <laughs> so I did. And of course, I loved everything that you were sharing. And I've been following you ever since. So. Oh, well, you guys actually have gotten a lot done in six years. And I love, right. And I love that you're doing it at debt free because aside from the mortgage that we took out for our property and our manufactured home, that's really how we've tried to live too. And one of the reasons we did a manufactured home was because that was a mortgage that we knew that we could get paid off pretty quickly. And like you guys didn't want to have debt. And so now any of the projects that we do are debt free and it feels really good, but it also, I know what you mean, like, you're like, things are unfinished. I'm like, oh, I have so many projects, <laughs> but I'm like, nope, we have to wait until, you know, until one, yeah. we either have obviously the time, but then also the resources and be able to do it. So as you were talking, I'm like, oh, my friend, I, I so understand <laughs> it, but, um, but it's such a good thing because debt is just a monster that uh, none of us want to be under. And so I'm really grateful, even though it 
it might not be the home of my dreams, I'm mm -hmm. very grateful for it and that we don't have the debt. So yeah, I love that. And that wasn't even a part of our, our initial uh, talk that we were going to talk <laughs> about, but I'm glad that you brought it up because it's, it's a really wise way to go if at all possible. But I know that there were some things that uh, you wanted to chat about that you'd like to have some insight on to help you guys. So what is it that you feel like you really could use some, maybe some clarification or some tips or guidance on? So where I'm at right now, obviously, you know, I'm still working on building the homestead. There's still so many things that you want to do to, to become more self-sufficient. I actually just ordered some fruit trees this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. What I've found along the way is that it takes money <laughs> and it takes time <laughs> in order to, to get to where we want to get. I've found that I have an easy time learning the actual skills, you know, that are required for homesteading. I'm an avid reader. You know, I love reading. And so I can easily pick up a book, you know, or read an article and kind of feel like I can teach myself at least how to get started on doing something. And then I usually just jump in and do it. But I feel like I take on a lot of projects at one time. And so it can get really, really overwhelming just trying to find the time to do all that. And I've actually picked up some part-time work to help fund, you know, some of these projects just to kind of move us along a little bit faster so that money's not, you know, so much um, an issue. But I would, you know, I would like to get to the point to where, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to have my own um, business as a homesteader. Um, and um, so I guess just kind of some tips on um, how you do all that you do and um, how you manage your time and your resources and all of that, to, you know, to have built your business and your homestead and, and all of that. Yeah, so this is great. And, and it, some of it can kind of go together, like building a business from the homestead. And there's lots of different ways that could go about that. But first to the time management, because I think no matter if you are wanting to build a business from some either, you know, homestead directly or homestead skills, et cetera, for the homestead skills part, it all does like we all have to manage our time. And the first thing for me has always been identifying like what is the most important in this specific season, because there are always, oh my goodness, with both the homestead and business, like everything in life, there are always more things that we want to do. And you and I are very similar in that aspect. Um, we're both go-getters and we don't have like really that, that um, fear or paralyzation of like, oh no, I'm not going to do it right. So I'm not going to do it. Ours is we want to do everything and, and we just jump in and, and go about doing it and then realize we can't do it all. So for me, it's really been identifying this is the most important thing in this season first. So I kind of will break up what I'm focusing on kind of like by quarter, like as obviously as the season. So, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall, because as a homesteader, not only are my planning and planting and livestock all determined to a degree by some of those seasons. So that where it kind of forces me to pick, you know, obviously in winter time, I can do some garden planning, but I'm really not doing a ton of gardening at that time. Whereas I know spring and summer, I'm going to have a huge push where I'm actually out in the garden and planting and managing and all of that. I will break it down first by seasonally and picking what is the big project or the most important thing to me to get done for this season. Like, what do we need to accomplish in this season? 
Um, so I sit down and do that first. And I usually will try to look at a couple areas of my life and identify sort of the big things in each of those areas. So right now it's winter time. Um, and so for, and then I do it within the season or within the quarter, and then I'll break it down by each month. So obviously there's three months in each of those quarters and kind of identify, okay, this is like the big overall project. And then I may have a project that's really important for me for each of these months. And so it's kind of like looking at the big thing and then, and then working our way backwards. So then breaking it down by those three months. And then of course, getting more micro and going into by week <laughs> and mm. then look at my week and break down into each day. So I kind of reverse engineer basically um, that I have to start first by picking a couple of big things. And those things like my way of choosing is dictated by the season. Just for example, so for this quarter, um, at the time we're recording this, we are in the winter quarter. And so for me, one of the big things was, this is both a homestead skill, but it's also business. And because mine are related, um, I, I feel very grateful for that. But one of the things is really mastering cheese making, which has been on my homestead bucket list for <laughs> a really long time. I'm so excited about that. Yes, and I am too. And so... I have had like doing fermented dairy for a very long time, like over a decade, making like my own yogurt and, and, and kefir or kefir, however you prefer to pronounce that one and that type of thing. But actually getting into some of the harder like pressed cheeses and even some of our softer aged cheeses, that's been something that I don't would not call myself a master cheesemaker yet. Like I haven't, you know, really mastered that. I've done some dabbling. And so Within the membership, the Pioneering State Academy, everybody voted and really wants to start to learn cheesemaking. And so I'm like, okay, I have got to get down my, my process and my recipes and, you know, really get to testing these, um, obviously, before I could teach anybody, because I can't teach what I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and I feel like I, I need to be pretty well versed in it and not necessarily expert level, but more than like, you know, I've only made this recipe once or twice. That's not going to cut it. So. That's what I'm like, okay, so that has been what I was focusing on and starting my cheeses, um, actually uh, beginning the learning process and really diving into all of the science and all the different techniques and figuring out what was going to work best for me, et cetera, um, the end of 2020, so the fourth quarter, so that now I can apply it and I'm actually doing all of the steps um, this quarter. And so I kind of have it each month I'm doing this process and then moving on to this one. So that's just kind of like one example. Um, but within that, I also look at like, this is what I have to get done for this quarter, the actual work that needs to be done. Um, but then I also need to look at the next quarter because there's some things, I feel like I'm always in a planning stage on one thing and that I'm in the actual execution stage in the same time on the project. So, cause they're always overlapping. So like last, right. last quarter, it was like the learning, getting the gear, deciding what I'm going to do this quarter, it's implementing it. Um, it's kind of the same thing, like with garden and the livestock, like right now we're in the planning phase for this year, deciding, you know, are we going to do pigs this year? If so, we have to contact the breeder, um, you know, and, do we need to redo any of the fence or the structures in order to make it easier or to enlarge what we're going to be doing um, and that type of thing? And then it would, you know, incorporate, okay, let's look at what skills we need to have and or funds uh, money in order to make this happen in the next quarter. So I feel like it's always that overlap of the planning and then the implementation, but it really does go back to picking the thing that's the most important 
um, and focusing on that first. And then if I get that part done or I feel like, oh, man, I've got my plan and, and I could actually fit some more in, um, then I'll fit in. But I try not to really work on more than like, say, two projects at once. So sometimes it'll be like one thing in the kitchen um, of the homestead or inside the home. And then another will be either livestock and or gardening, but like the things outside because um, I can't be outside all the time and I can't be inside all the time either. So I kind of like to have that balanced. But then I also when I, you know, reverse engineer that back and then I look at the month and then at the weeks, um, I kind of do the same thing with my days. So I really try to reserve the weekend for no work. And because I do work from home, um, I have to really give myself that hard that hard line to actually take time off and have it focus solely on, on home stuff, because oh. I really love what I do, but I've also noticed, you probably noticed this too about our, my, our personalities is I can easily be a workaholic yeah. <laughs> like all the time, even if it's just homestead stuff or personal, like I have a really hard time just sitting and being, but mm -hmm. if I don't do that and you probably notice this too, that's when the overwhelm gets really kicking and then I'll get anxiety and I'll, kind of start to get into the phase of burnout, both on doing the homestead things and the work things. So I found that I have to have a hard line on when and where I'm doing certain projects, but that actually is good when I stick to it because we will, whatever time we have set for a task, that's, I found how long. So I've learned to give myself deadlines because that's how long it'll take to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I found giving myself deadlines for both work projects, but also like personal life projects, like, okay, this has to be done, you know, by this date and actually putting it in my schedule. Um, and this is gardening tasks. It's even like cheese making tasks. I'm like, okay, you have to make this cheese by, by this date. And so that forces me when that date is coming, I look at the week and I'm like, where am I putting this in? And I actually put it in. Um, and then I've also found for me is if I can batch things together, um, I have found that to be a lot more effective because I'm doing the setup um, of everything once and then I'm doing all of that work. And so I don't have the, the setup and the takedown or even getting my, my mind in that frame of, you know, that focus point. Mm -hmm. So I do that with cooking. I do that on Sunday. Sunday is my afternoon is my batch prep for the week. So I'll do the majority of the baking for the week, a lot of the, especially lunches, like meal prep and that type of thing. And then kind of do our, my meal planning just for that week. Like we're going to have this and this and making sure I have all the ingredients. And so I do all of that on Sunday afternoon. So then the rest of the week, it's kind of just like, I either have to pull a few things out that have already been prepped and maybe cook a few things to make the meal. Um, or it's just pulling out and reheating or eating it cold, depending on what it is. And I found that's really helpful for me especially just on the home front. And then I'll kind of also do the same thing. Like I'll batch, I'll batch like the cleaning, like I'm going to do, you know, all of the bathrooms get done, you know, here, cause I have all the bathroom cleaners out at one time and I'm, you know, already in the frame. So those are some of my tips, but if you have any questions or, or want further clarification on any of that, please feel free. Okay. Yeah. I think probably for me, I would think, and maybe for a lot of other people too, that I am that person that wants to just get in there and, and do something. Um, and I tend to be very spontaneous. <laughs> um, I tend to not really have much of a plan, you know, for the day. Um, and so I just kind of take things, a lot of times take things as they come. And I know that's not always 
um, the best method. But it's a matter of, I think, kind of along the lines of what you said, too, is, you know, where you have to take that time to just, you know, take a break and focus on your family. Um, it's also, I think, in that planning process, I think in my mind, sometimes I think oh, it's going to take me so long to sit down and plan it out. I'll just, I just need to do it, <laughs> you know, and I, I know that that not having that plan um, a lot of times hinders me, um, but I have to get my mind, I think, you know, in that spot where realizing that that planning time is just as important as the actual doing time, you know. Yes. And I have not always been a planner. I used to be, and I still, there are still areas that I need to even do more planning and I know it and I have to force myself to do it because I'm like you, I'm like, well, let's just go do it. Like, I'll just yeah. figure it out as I go. <laughs> and and that has worked for me in, in certain areas, but really with that planning, I would say the planning, honestly, when I actually sit down and do the planning for whatever it's going to be, both you know, personal business, et cetera. If I have that plan in place and then I go and execute, I would say the planning honestly is probably like twice as important as like jumping in and doing it just in the return on how much faster it goes, how much more efficient I am, um, you know, how much better the the end thing is, whatever it is that I'm doing, um, that that small amount of time planning wise um, is so worth it but it definitely takes i think one you have to do it a few times to actually see the benefit like how much it really does help um and i have to constantly remind myself like look at how much time this actually saved you because you did take the time you know to do this or you discovered something in the planning that you didn't have ready and if i had just jumped in i would have kind of been like missing that and then had to go back and do something later or just skip that step and hope that it turned out okay Right. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I, one of the things is I've tried is like Sunday evening, uh, like everybody else is in bed is to just kind of sit and, and look at the week that's coming and write it all down. And then I just put like a big star. Like these are the, the must get like most important things done for this week. Um, because I think for me, and possibly for you too, because I feel like we're very similar in this, the list will never end. Like my to-do list, I'll never get it all crossed off. No. Right? <laughs> yeah, never. never. I, I had a friend tell me one time, she said, Tracy, she said, you could live a thousand lives and never <laughs> do all of the things that you want to do in your life. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, but my golly. <laughs> I'm going to give it my best shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much that way. And so that's why I say I just like I'll make a big list of everything like in a perfect world, you know, if I was cloned by five that I could get done in a week and I'll write it all down. And then I just go back through and I start like this has to be done this week because, you know, if I don't get these seeds ordered by today or tomorrow, um, then I'm not going to have them in time to actually seed start. And if I don't get my tomatoes seed started in time, you know, then I'm going to miss that planting window, et cetera. So I kind of just kind of go through, like go through that to help identify them. Um, and, 
And that way I've still got everything on that list, but I'm not like, oh, I don't have to do all of this. I'm just going to focus on these, but I've still got it all down. So it feels like it's outside of my brain. Um, Once I've written it down, then I feel like I can kind of release it. And I'm not like, oh, I've got all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, But for the homestead business aspect, um, so for that, are you, what type, I guess I should say, because there are different types, obviously, of things that you can do from your homestead in order to earn money. Do you have a certain direction that you're kind of leaning or wanting to explore? Um, I have thought about, um, you know, making and selling products before, like soaps and, you know, different, um, you know, things like that. And then I think about all of the regulations and, you know, just all of that stuff. And I think, I don't know if I want to do that or not, you know, get into all of that. I'd love to have like a little homestead store here on the property at some point. Um, And I'd really love to focus on herbs um, and different things like that and, you know, different kinds of natural uh, products. But I also really, really love to teach, you know, and so I feel like I have um, a passion to share you know, a lot of what I've learned, um, and helping people to just live, you know, more natural, um, lives to be healthier, to be, you know, more self-sufficient and, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, I I definitely want, I definitely want the teaching aspect to be, um, you know, incorporated into whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have the one, do you have this, well, you have 40 acres, so I know that you have acreage, but do you have space on the homestead where you could create like a little, a little storefront or like a little side building or something like that to have a physical store? Yes, we actually, initially we um, had intended on the old house, you know, I was going to kind of turn that into um, the, the store, but. Uh, I think we've decided that we may be better off to just tear it down <laughs> and start from scratch <laughs> because there's a lot of things um, that would need to be repaired on it and all of that. So, um, but yeah, so, we, I mean, there's definitely a place, you know, where we could, um, and if we had it over there, that would be perfect. It's kind of away, it's kind of over on the other side um, of the property. You know, it's got water access you know, and all that kind of thing already there, um, you know, and there's a nice spot right there. It would just be a matter of tearing down the old house and building a new, you know, a new little building. Right. So as far as, but I think that would be, how are your guys's location and to basically to customers, like to town, like, would it be where you're in a, on a, on a road or a highway that gets a lot of traffic where you would easily be able to have customers come in or would it be more just like word of mouth or people who would know you where it is as far as is the physical store location? So we are, we're in the country, but we're also right on a two lane highway, you know, so okay. we're about, we're about 20 minutes away from the closest town. So it would be a little bit of a drive for a lot of people, but like I said, it is right on the main road. So it's easy to get to. Okay. You do have some traffic that's going by. Personally, the way I have done almost everything in business is to test it first. 
especially before I put in any type of large investment and like you, you know, building, of course you could use the building for something else down the road, but you know, you know, that the expense of building, you know, a physical building and then looking into the insurance, you know, for having a business on your guys's property, as well as, you know, all of the, you know, different licensing, um, et cetera, you know, that type of stuff. Um, Personally, I would do like some test runs of a couple of the product, like you said, like, you know, and identifying first too, like, which products do you enjoy making? Do you have a, a good supply source on for like the raw materials? Of course, like some of the herb stuff, you probably are growing yourself, but you know, how much do you, do you have grown? Would you need to increase the amount of herbs that you're growing for the different inventories, et cetera? Um, you know, and also the, like the ones that you feel the most passionate about or the most excited about to, to make and or create is another big thing. Um, because once we turn it into a business, if we don't have that passion for it, or we're like, I really don't like making this, but I think people would really like it. Well, if people do really like it and you don't like making it and then <laughs> stuck doing that, like it's not a good place to be. So like really right. identifying first, like where your, your passions lie and, and all of that. And then doing, you know, like a test. So say, you know, like maybe, you know, 50 bars of soap, for example, or maybe 50 of some of the herbal products or that type of thing. And then just kind of testing and seeing from, you know, either it could be online if you don't mind doing shipping and, you know, don't mind doing kind of an e-commerce thing, of course, then you'd have to have still payment processing, but that's all pretty, I mean, that's all really easy to do. We, most people are very familiar with PayPal now, you know, that's an easy right. way to go without setting up a, a huge business account with some other online processors. And then just kind of seeing like, Hey, like we're, you know, I have just like this small amount done up, it's a test run. And then seeing like, you, you know, you put it out for sale through whatever avenues you have, like on your social media or personal contacts or whatever, you know, you're planning on kind of building from, and then seeing how fast and how well do these sell? You know, and then you're going to see like if I made 50 of these and, you know, I sell through them really quick, then you're like, okay, this is something people are interested in and not only interested in because I see this happen a lot. A lot of times we will have people will say, oh, I'd be like super interested if you did X, Y, Z. And then you do X, Y, Z. Interest does not always equal paying customer, however. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I would really like just kind of kind of test it. And the, the great thing about testing like that with a product is. When one, you'll know if people actually buy, then you're like, okay, we actually have legit customers in a legit market for this. Um, so then I can look at doing more and streamlining my process and getting costs down, like buying in bulk, you know, and then do like another test run, like say of like 150, just to kind of see. But the people who do buy from you can give you great feedback. And so that's really fabulous because that'll give you a chance to go back and make any tweaks that may or may not be need you know you might not they might everybody might be like oh I love this or you might have somebody be like oh man I wish I could have got a bundle of three or oh I wish that depending on what it is like I wish you had different size offerings like I realized like this I would have wanted a bulk bag like for herbs for example or oh I wish I would have had like a smaller one of this or if it was in a container like oh I wish the container was actually shallower and wider I had a hard time I'm just kind of ballparking here because I don't know exactly what the products that you're thinking of just that kind of feedback or even just that type of thing. And then you can talk to them or you can be like, oh, like they really loved this. And then you can say, oh, you know, what would you think of this? Would you be interested if I had this too? So you're allowing your, your actual paying customers to help determine, you know, where you go next or how, 
something may need to be tweaked or not before you make it in a bigger run and invest more time and more inventory and maybe more equipment to, you know, a, a larger customer base so that you can really get that all dialed in before going big and kind of moving phases. That's good. And I mean, I definitely think that like the storefront type thing, that would definitely be something that would be kind of down the road because that is obviously a big investment and all that, but that's kind of the ultimate end goal, I think, is to have a little shop here on the farm where people can come buy things that are, that are handmade and, um, and then also just, just be out here, you know, because it's just such a peaceful place, you know, and there are so many people that don't have access to just the trees and the land and the, you know, all of that. My son had a friend come spend the night with him here a while back and he hadn't ever been here before and they were outside <laughs> and he was like, wow, there's stars. <laughs> he, said, he was like, I haven't seen, and we don't live the town that's nearby to us that we, we came from. It's not a huge town. I mean, it's probably 20, between 20 and 30,000 people. So it's not a huge town. But you have all the lights and all of that in town and you don't see the stars the way that you see them out here. Yeah. And he was just so amazed by the stars. And I, I mean, I've lived here for six years and I still, you know, if I take the dog out to go to the bathroom and I look up at the sky and I, and so it's one of those things that I want to share this place with other people too, you know, people that don't, you know, have access to that. Yeah. Well, with the storefront, depending on the size and everything, um, you know, I could really see where you could have like workshops where people would come out if they wanted to learn how to yeah. make some of the different products and, right. and do like classes like that. Like I could see like, you know, like, not, you know, like, uh, you know, lady designer, especially like around the holidays. I really yeah. have seen a lot of people do that successfully with some different shops, even in our area, like they'll do around the holidays, kind of like a come and make or even do like a mother daughter thing, like even around like Mother's Day, but where you, you know, come together and make things together and get to experience that hands on part and then, you know, taking taking the product with them too. But then you'll also have people who are, well, like, I love it and I want to use it, but I'm not really interested in making it. So you could kind of have it be a dual, a dual purpose spot. And then that would allow people to also, you know, come in and see, and you could, you know, you could just do, there'd be lots of different events that you could do and and marry the two together. And then you could get a feel too, for which you really like, but I think both of, I think they both could fuel the other in a really complementary way. Yeah, I think so too. And that's, I've actually, well, I, Actually, before <laughs> before all of this stuff hit, I actually had been doing, I had done a couple of different workshops um, where I taught people. I did like three products. We did lotion bars, lip balm, and sugar scrub. And because those are kind of basic, you yeah. know, things. I mean, most people can handle making something like that. And I even had um, a friend of mine who bought gift certificates for her two daughters Um, that are in grade school and so the three of them came you know and the girls made made the lotion bars and the lip balms and the and the sugar scrubs and they needed a little bit of help you know pouring and and things like that but um I really that was I really did enjoy that and I really think that having that and as part of the shop would be yes some finished products but then also the ingredients in bulk so where people can come and they can buy beeswax you know, by the ounce or um, the different herbs and oils and and things like that. So, yeah, you know, one company um, in particular that has done that now it's with soap, but it's kind of like the same thing. Like they teach 
all of the ways to do soap making, but then you can also order from them in bulk. And they now quite a bit of it's online. And actually, I don't even know with the pandemic if they still have their in-person store just because, you know, things are so yeah. different in all parts of the country. But has been um, the Soap Queen or Brambleberry. And they actually, they first, one of their stores was up um, in Bellingham, Washington, which is about an hour and a half away from me. But I have been to their store. And so you can actually go into the store and and buy all your base products to make soap, like you're saying, or the finished stuff, or they have a lot of online. I think they did also have in-person ones. And so that might be something, I know you do soap, and I think I've mentioned Brambleberry in the past and some of our soap things within the Academy. So you may or may not have already looked at them, but that would maybe even be somebody to kind of look at kind of their motto, like a little bit, kind of go do a little bit of studying. I do that a lot. Like I'll go and look at, you know, like at different businesses that have been really successful that have cer- certain aspects of things that I would like to to replicate, but within obviously like my own field, but okay. kind of look at like, oh, how did they do that? And what are they like, what are they still doing right now? Because obviously if they're still doing it right now and they're a large company, then that's probably working for them and kind of look at the the history that they've had and kind of where they're at now and be like, oh, is there is there pieces of that that would work well for what I'm doing and that type of thing. So that might be a good one to check out because they do have that, both the bulk where you order your supplies, the teaching model. And if you don't want to do any of that, you could just buy the product. I'll have to look into that and see. I think that definitely, and I mean, I think even right now it would be kind of hard to get workshops and things like that going, but I mean, it, you could even do some online workshops right now. Yeah. Ship them a kit, you know, yeah, yeah. all of the supplies that they would need to make whatever project it was that you were working on. And that would actually be, honestly, Tracy, that would be a really good way to test things because you wouldn't have all of the expense of carrying a huge amount of bulk inventory, right? Or the store part yet. And you'd have the safety of it, you know, being online as far as, you know, pandemic and different, different things, just trying to keep, you know, especially if you're running it as a business, obviously trying to, to keep in with whatever, phases and and mandates for each person's area are, but it would also allow you to really reach a lot more people, which is one of the beautiful things about online that we Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to in the physical sense. um, But it would give you kind of a taste of, you know, do I like, you know, do I like stocking and shipping this stuff? And then it would give you a chance to kind of test doing the online. And if enough people were signing up and if they were ordering, I think that could be a fabulous way. And it would allow you, like, you could just do one and you could be like, no, this isn't for me. Or you'd be like, oh my goodness, I love this. And I have like a whole bunch of people wanting to do more of these. And then kind of, you know, you could build uh, that way as well. So I think that would be a great way to test it. Time to get planning, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Planning, planning, planning. Yes. (laughs) Plan first. I know. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm dying laughing because I'm like giving you my own, like my own advice or advice that I have from my business coach, because I am really excited about like doing fitness and, and especially mm-hmm. just because it allows me to then do this hope, the homesteading stuff and the chores. And so I'm like, you know, everything is, is online now and I already have the online infrastructure in place that I'm like, oh, I could do like this whole, like, it would be like a whole farm fitness, like, you know, so many <laughs> Like, I'm just like ready to launch this whole like farm fitness thing. And coach is like, why don't you just do one YouTube video and one podcast first and see if anybody is actually interested in it? I'm like, oh, I love your YouTube video. So, (laughs) oh, good. And I'm like, it was awesome. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that might be a smart way to do it instead of like, you know, creating and filming an entire course first before (laughs) even knowing (laughs) it. 
<laughs> so I'm, 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 yes, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of parroting the advice I was giving, but I'm like, oh yeah, that is, that is really good advice. Let's take yeah. a step back and plan this in phases. So, oh goodness, too funny. Well, you know, I guess that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit, right? <laughs> it is. We see it. We get so excited and we truly do have a heart. Like I can hear it in in your, in your voice and how you're talking. Like we have a heart, like we know we can help people or give someone an experience that's going to enrich their lives or in some way impact it for the good and make it better. Mm -hmm. And we just want to like do that. Like we're so gung ho to do that. And we get so excited. We just want to like, and, and so it's it's easy to get ahead of ourselves um, and that, but it, it comes from a, a good place. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm excited to see how things go and yes, Plan first, my friend. Plan first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so any other like wrap up questions or one final thing on your mind? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think that gives me some some good direction um, and stuff that, you know, a lot of it is stuff that I probably sometimes, you know, things, you know, but you just, <laughs> sometimes yes. you just need to be reminded. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is so true. In fact, there's oftentimes like um, I will like maybe just even listening to a podcast or perhaps it's like in, in, a, in a mastermind group or even just, you know, like watching a show or talking to somebody and they'll say something and it just hits you at the right time. And you're like, oh, I've known that. Like, it's not anything new, right. but I finally <laughs> like have this revelation and realize it like for myself almost. And yeah. then it makes like this huge difference. And you're like thinking like, but I've known that for years. I've just never saw it in this way or actually used it in this way. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to see what you decide to do and how your planning goes and everything like that. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did and got some great takeaways that you can apply. And if you want to go to the blog post that accompanies every episode for any links or resources, you can do that at melissaknorris.com forward slash 293 because this is episode number 293. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I can't wait to be back here with you next week where I'm going to be breaking down my final thoughts on raising American guinea hogs this year. If we'll do it again and what we kind of thought of the overall process and what we ended up getting in the amount of meat in our freezer. So a lot of you have been asking me questions. You've seen the YouTube videos. I've done with them and some of the previous podcast episodes and wondering what we really think of them and what our final yield was. So I am going to be sharing all of that with you next week. So for now, blessings in mason jars. Mm-hmm.